0: Quigs, it's my understanding you have just come back from Narland's, The, the N- Nollins, I believe, is the pronunciation there. Some people would call it the the small difficult. Nolins.
1: Nolins. the big easy. Yeah, the small difficult. Honestly, the big.
0: Oh, the big easy. I was uh, the complete opposite. The I small guess.
1: difficult, honestly, is probably the better way
0: to. That's more accurate, I Aww. think. So, would you rate? Would you rate your trip as? <laughs> or or would you rate your trip as? <laughs> Give me the air horns. The
1: air horns. It was an awesome trip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. It was a great trip. We went down there. We got we had quite a bit to drink. Oh, in, in New Orleans. New Orleans? I, I, wow. Shocking, I know. But like shocking. we had a little bit to drink and dude, I we did we were talking about this before we went live, but like I didn't mention this Steve the food there is so good
0: Oh I believe it's it It's so good I would love to get some beignets get a po' boy You know like there is some good shit That I would really love to try fresh from New Orleans Yeah it's, it was, I, I can't th- I can't seem to settle on a pronunciation here New, New, Orleans? New Orleans Like I just I think I just need to go Lean into it and go with the Nolans.
1: So we did a horse carriage tour Where this dude we got in a horse carriage and A little horse wow. or actually I think it was technically A mule Um she like took us around and then the tour guide who was like driving the fucking horse or whatever was like um, answering her questions. And I was like, what's the proper pronunciation? Is it New Orleans or New Orleans? And he was like, it's New Orleans. And I was like, okay, cool. So I've been saying it right. There you go. No, a lot of people have no idea how to how it's pronounced. And <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't sound like a doofus calling it New Orleans this entire time.
0: You idiot. Idiot. <laughs> stupid well good i'm glad so what was your favorite food item you had down there
1: dude they do brunch real good down there like i believe it fuck ton of alcohol they got that southern southern breakfast like you know like the the hash browns the grits and the uh pancake the flapjacks i feel like is more appropriate when you're referring to pancakes in the south flapjacks <laughs> scramble like it was just so good and um we had – what else did we have? We had the uh, – what was that one, like, dessert treat that you just mentioned? Bruh, something. A beignet. Beignet, yeah. We had that. That was fucking unreal. Um, and very, very messy thing to eat. You get powder all over you.
0: Oh, yeah. If there's powder, powdered sugar, any of that, like, don't wear black clothing that day.
1: No, and I was wearing all black, so – Of
0: course, (laughs) this is me at the work cafeteria at least once a week because I wear a black polo in the work at least once a week. And every time I'll get like a sandwich that's going to get like select crumbs on me that I just can't brush off no matter what I do. Yeah,
1: no, it's sometimes it's impossible. They just get wedged into
0: the cloth. It's awful. It's just yeah, I I think I should give up. You know, I really like wearing black, but I, I think I'm too messy for it. Yeah. Now, something that was interesting
1: that I learned about New Orleans, I never would have guessed this because it's the South, but there's, like, a massive Catholic population in New Orleans, which, like, makes sense because, like, the Spanish and and French, like, kind of built up
0: that area. Yeah. When you combine Spanish and French, you tend to get some some Catholic influence there.
1: But, like, I looked at a map of, like, the most Catholic dense areas in the United States and, like... New Orleans, like Southern Louisiana was as densely populated with Catholic people as like New York or Boston. And I was like, wow.
0: Wow. I did not expect that. And those are, I mean, especially Boston is a huge Catholic population due to the the Irish population of Boston.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. That's something new I learned. I had never, never would have guessed ever.
0: As somebody from Northeast Philly, I'm very, very intimately familiar with the Irish Catholic population because Northeast Philly, at least when I was growing up, I felt like half the population of Northeast Philly. I mean, Philadelphia is a huge Irish and Italian population, so there there is a large Catholic influence here, too.
1: Italiano! Yeah, I was raised in upstate New York for the first seven years of my life, and we it was, like, super Catholic up there, and I had to go to Catholic school, and it was garbage it was as expected it fucking (laughs) yeah i
0: i i'm a vet of catholic school as well and i went to i went to a catholic grade school for five years in northeast philly and then i lived in jersey for a few years and went to public schools there and then i moved back to northeast philly and went to catholic high school because apparently i hate myself no i had the the thought that i would have friends from when i was in grade school and it would be an easy transition and instead, I got, oh hey, didn't you go to school and then disappear? You were that weird kid, right? I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs>
1: <laughs> dude. I th- the fact that we survived Catholic schools, man.
0: I only lasted one year because I they knew I did all four years at high school, and I I'll tell you what, it, it wasn't. I didn't do too bad with it until my junior year when I had. I don't I don't even remember what the name of this religion class was, because they make you take religion class if you're in Catholic school, if, if you're not familiar with the Catholic school experience. And I, I would have to take one per semester or one per per year because we didn't really do semesters per se. Uh, and my teacher, my junior year was a gentleman named Mr. Dickerson. Which, if you want to think of a name that people are going to make fun of in high school, that was the one. And I swear to God, this guy was growing devil horns out of his head. He had these two little bumps growing out of his head. And this guy was just one of the most, like, religious blowhards you've ever... Like, he actually gave kids extra credit to go to an anti-abortion rally. Oh, my God. Yeah, like in D.C., which <laughs> what the I, fuck? I got. So I got into arguments with this fucking teacher all the time. Like I, I actually because also junior year is about the time that you start feeling confident enough in your intellectual abilities that you can argue with the teacher and you're defiant enough because you're a teenager that you're like, yeah, fuck you. I know what I'm talking about better than you. Yeah. Yeah, I no. did because he was an idiot. But you know. <laughs> that's hard. I, I mean, I, yeah, I every other year most... was fine. Every other year was fine. You know, uh, I had a really weird teacher sophomore year. I actually had a good, like, old-school Northeast Philly guy freshman year. And then senior year, it was, like, some weird family planning. A very nice gentleman in his early 30s. I I can't tell you anything else beyond that about him. But, like, junior year, man, that stuck with me because that was a battle. That was a
1: war. (laughs) I don't remember much from my tenure in Catholic school because I... Got out. I escaped when I was like before first grade. They knew. They knew that I was not that I was actually a Satan spawn.
0: So like you were not, you were not long for that world. No.
1: So all right. So I had a first communion, and this is we stopped going to church after this.
0: Wow. This drove you
1: from the church. We were like, I, yeah. It, like Wait, it's not origins. It's not a coincidence. So it's the communion. <laughs> yeah. So basically I'm like in the little line with my hands in a little cup to get that stupid little shitty piece of like that little wafer. But oh, at yeah. the shitty oh, yeah. church I was at, they didn't have the wafers. So they gave me like this fucking cube of like, what like this dried shitty bread that was probably made like in the years that Jesus was alive.
0: Cause the communion wafer, even in its most pristine state, is still an incredibly dry oh, it's horrible. little piece of bread. Yeah. It, it, it is just like, it tastes like cardboard.
1: That's what it was, except it was a cube and it was like chewy,
0: but it was dry and it sucked. a chewy cube. That, that sounds very, I'm glad I've already eaten dinner because I would have no appetite after hearing. This. It was horrible, Steve.
1: I wanted to kill myself. It was fucking awful. And so I'm going through and they give me this cube, which is the body of Christ. Of course. Because it is, as we all know, and um, so it is. It is. Basically, they give it to me. I pop that bitch in my mouth, and I'm chewing it, and it <laughs> just that bitch. It in my tasted. Mouth. It, it just tasted so bad, and like my nostrils are flaring, and I was just like, "Oh god, this is the worst thing ever." And so I spat it in the trash, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh, you spat it in the trash? Spit, you actually did that? I spit the body of Christ into the
0: garbage can." You, wow. You literally like. And I was like. "What?" That's as close. You might as well have taken a dump in the church.
1: And I was like, what's the problem? It tastes like shit. And then. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then. Next, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. then we stopped going to church. <laughs> going straight to hell from there, bud. Yep. I got a VIP oh seat God. right there in hell. I,
0: I made it through the communion just fine. But I had an incident. This was more of an incident with like my father than it was with the the church per se well the church wasn't involved at all the choice but like because of because of my learning in Catholic school and because of the the guilt that they build you up with they just the never-ending guilt that never goes away yeah at all, they really like hammered at home that like it, I, was, was the communion goes does that go along with the confession? I for fucking forget at this point. It doesn't matter. But like I was really like on edge because of this mm-hmm. because like they really make you think like you're going to hell if you like lie about stuff, you know, all this. So <laughs> I think I was I want to say I was 9 years old and the place I was getting my haircut, my dad took me to get my haircut before the communion the confession whatever the fuck it was it might have been both i don't remember it was a long long goddamn time ago uh really just with the sacrilege let's start this one that's a good start but uh so the the haircut it was like cheaper if you were eight or under okay and my dad's like just tell him you're eight i'm like no that's lying yeah and i refused it my dad got furious with me i mean of course you're lying you're going to hell steve I know. Looking back, I I mean, today I would absolutely, yeah, oh, yeah, I am eight years old, no doubt, but I really had the fear driven into me by all that, and I was just like, I can't lie, dad, and my dad still brings this up to this day, and I'm like, yeah, I was an idiot, dad. I, I was real dumb. I
1: remember there was a period in, like, middle school where, like, for some reason, like, I was going back to, like, thinking more religiously. I was like, I don't know. I think someone scared me, like, you're going to hell. And then I was like, oh, no. And so (laughs) I was like, if I even thought of the word shit or ass or fuck or something like that, (laughs) I would be like, oh, no, 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 no. And I would, like, shut it out. I would, like, shoo it away from the inside of my brain. And then I would pray, please, God, don't send me to hell.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. That's great. Uh, great.
1: And now I'm just constantly fucking them rip. Just
0: fucking cursing on this explicit ass show.
1: Yeah, this explicit ass fucking show, Steve.
0: Yeah. Do you remember if there was a time in your life that you first started feeling comfortable with cursing? Because I actually do remember. Like, yeah. as soon as I hit middle school, like sixth grade, I I just remember like feeling free enough to start going like, "Hey, I can fucking curse."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who's gonna stop you? Who's gonna stop
0: me? I remember. The first time I
1: really got yelled at by my mom for and it wasn't even really a curse word. We were at like Walmart or something. And I was like, Hey mom, I was like in middle school or something. And I was like, Hey mom, can I get Doritos? She was like, No, and I was like, Jesus Christ. And she was like, Ryan <laughs> <laughs> She was so mad. And I was just like, that wasn't even a curse word. She's like, Yeah, but you don't say that. And I was like all
0: over the Doritos. Yeah, I was You're like willing to go to hell over Doritos.
1: There's a reason I like them flaming hot, Steve. I'm getting ready.
0: I was gonna, I was gonna say, what's your Dorito of choice then?
1: So actually, I don't like flaming hot. Uh, well, no, I don't have a problem with flaming hot. I, I
0: feel like they, f- I feel like flaming hot, and this might be a hot take here, and but this is at least my taste buds. I feel like Flamin' hot totally overdoes it with the Flamin' hot dust. Like it's almost inedible because it's just like too much.
1: Yeah, I don't have like a problem with the flaming hot. I just pref- I honestly prefer the. Uh, normal nacho cheese, and then spicy nacho. Which, honestly, spicy nacho and the normal nacho cheese taste basically identical.
0: They do. I mean, spicy nacho has a little bit more of a kick. Yeah. Uh, I love a spicy nacho, though. Spicy nacho Dorito is uh, a killer chip right there.
1: Yeah, it's something. You know, I
0: can... I, I used to be my favorite. I, I actually tend to go with the straight-up nacho or, uh, you, you know... Fuck around with some Cool Ranch here and there. But uh I-, I tend to stick with the OGs now. But there was a long time when spicy nacho was the go-to chip. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. I remember growing up, um, we used to get, uh what's it called? Cool Ranch all the time. And it's I, thought, I always fucking hated Cool Ranch. I thought it was trash. And I was like, <laughs> get that the fuck away from me. Give me my nacho cheese.
0: I feel like I, I have an... I always thought it was okay growing up. I feel like I my taste buds have changed where I, I like it a lot more now than I did back then. But uh I I but going, you know it's funny going back to the the spicy nacho and the flame and hot talk. Like I feel like spicy nacho does what I want those flame hot chips to do, which is just give me some heat without like making it almost inedible. Like one time so there's a a service, I don't know if you are from are you familiar with Gopuff? Oh yeah, I know Gopuff. Okay, and not everybody knows GoPuff. GoPuff one time was doing a special, and they had... It was, uh, like, Lay's LeBron James Edition flame and Hot Cheddar and Sour Cream Chips. And I fucking love the Cheddar and Sour Cream chip, Big fan of that. One. And I was like, oh, I want to try this out. I'll give this a shot. And I got it, and I just struggled to get through that bag of chips in a way that I never struggle with bags of chips. Dude, oh,
1: I can go through a bag of chips in two seconds. Like...
0: Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's because they're so
1: not filling at all. So like once I have filling, they're delicious, they're salty. Yeah. And then I'm just like, next thing I know, I look in the bag. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) They're gone. What have I done? Hey, Steve. Hey, Ryan. What do you call cheese that doesn't belong to you? Oh, no. What do you call cheese that doesn't belong to you, Steve?
0: What do you call it? Nacho
1: cheese. <laughs> I forgot about the soundboard. Fuck yes.
0: The soundboard is maybe my favorite addition with the Zencaster. I've been wanting a soundboard, and it's it's trouble now that I have it. But it also saves me from making these noises poorly. Yeah. So I, I I like it in that regard. So I'm all on board with the soundboard, and I'm trying my best, folks, to not overuse it. I'm trying my best, but I make no promises. And speaking of. i guess it's time to talk about your philadelphia flyers
1: might as well do it steve on this fly podcast on this flyers
0: taste podcast you know let's let's talk about it so first issue let's just go in the order on the sheet because i can't think of a a good order to really go in let's just go with that Uh, so first piece of news i wouldn't say this is shocking to most people here Uh, especially because we haven't seen him play hockey in what feels like a million years. But Sean Couturier has been shut down for the rest of the season. And this was very much a coaching staff and front office decision and not a player decision because Couturier seemed pissed off about it.
1: Yeah, players always want to play. If they're hurt, they're like, no, I'm good. Let me in. And it's like, dude, actually, you're not good. You need to sit out. And I'm glad. I know some people wanted him to come back in and play a couple games, because why not? But I'll tell you why not. I don't trust
0: that he's 100%. I don't trust it at all either. He hasn't played hockey in a long time, and he's he's coming back from back surgery. That's the thing. His second back surgery. And, like, yes.
1: I don't trust that he's... And here's the thing. He's never going to... I don't think he's ever going to be 100% again. I, I say I don't think he's 100%. I'm not sure he'll ever get back to that. But, like, I don't trust that he says... I'm good to go. Let me in. I don't trust him. And at this point, how can you trust the medical staff either based off of the amount of just sheer incompetence we've seen from them over the last couple of years with Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes and then, of course, Sean Couturier before this injury or this back surgery. Cam so, Atkinson. Cam Atkinson. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't, I. don't. – I'm glad. I'm glad he's not playing – would it have been the worst if he played? No, probably not. But like, I don't know. I would just rather him rehab totally as much as he possibly can and be as close to 100% as he possibly can for next season. Because this season's done. Why? What's the point of playing in this season? There's no point.
0: Absolutely zero. Yeah. And in fact, if anything, the the less reinforcements we get for this season, and I know he wouldn't be good if he comes back. No, up, he'd be awful. What? Guess what? his brain's still good cuz you know what he's Mr. Chess not checkers That's everybody right. else is playing checkers this motherfucker's playing chess god damn right he's playing candyland Steve he's a very smart hockey player he's a good guy to have in there and i'm glad he's not in there cuz i would i know they're not in the greatest tanking position now but every little bit of losing helps folks every little bit so let's let's lose out if we can yeah i
1: mean w- well we got 5 games left at the time of this recording we got 5 games left
0: yeah, yeah. It's it's getting down there. It's it's wild to think about. We are almost done with another cursed season. <laughs> Thank God. Another cursed <laughs> season of Flyers hockey. I'm so I, I mean, at least at least there's like a very, very small glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel right now because they've moved on from Chuck Fletcher, because the coaching staff is fully cognizant and not under any illusions about the status of this team did you see rocky thompson's comments after the blues game i saw a little bit of them but
1: can you can you recap for the listeners here so basically the flyers
0: sucked against the blues like they were quite bad i could tell that and i watched from an iphone on a bar while playing quizzo with emily and italian joe
1: yeah, well, I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. I wish I was doing it. It Was
0: that. a good time. It was at the Pope, the last place we hung out. Oh, I love that place. It was, it's a good spot. I drank a bunch of cloudy and cumbersomes, and uh, we we won eighties nineties quizzo basically. On Emily carried the team. She absolutely clawed her that team to victory there. I I could see her being really good at at uh, trivia. There was the second round was all finish like do the next lyric from this song and it was like mostly '90s songs with a couple 80s thrown in there and i probably got two or three and emily just friggin' rocked the house she got all but like one of them
1: oh baby yeah, yeah. no
0: i can't do that just crushed it I'm carried trash. the team absolutely carried. but anyway joe and i between rounds were watching the flyers game on my fucking phone and even from that like They had no business being in that game at the end of the game. No, not at all. Which has been the the story of the past like three weeks where they keep finding themselves being in games that they absolutely do not deserve to be in. Like that Ottawa game, that Ottawa game was insane. Was that a franchise low shot total they had in that game?
1: Something like, something crazy. Like it was nuts how few shots they got. Now granted, I'll say this as annoying as that is right now that they keep, because like obviously right now, like it's in the flyers best interest Well, their best interest still is to win, but, like, it's in the fans' best interest to get losses right now. But, like, it is good to see them continuing to fight in the third period of games when they're Eh. down and out. Because, like, that'll come in handy in future seasons. You know what I mean? Eh. Like, right now it's annoying, but, like, one day we're going to be like, damn, this is awesome that they're never
0: out. It depends on how many of these guys are around for future seasons. Well, that's the thing. That's a a huge question mark. For the record, they were outshot 46-11 to in that Ottawa Senators game. And it's a minor miracle that that game went to overtime because they had no business being in that game. They just got smoked and they somehow... Cam Talbot just had one of the worst goaltending performances of all time because he allowed four goals on 11 shots.
1: One of the Flyers' magnificent seven from the 2018-19 <laughs> season. <laughs> oh my
0: God! Just what a terrible season. Flyers legend Cam Talbot. How could I forget to call him that? So,
1: all right. So after the game against the Blues, Flyers lost 4-2, and um, Rocky Thompson, who was on the bench instead of Tortorella, because Torts is chilling up with his in the press box with uh, his new BFF Danny Briere. The Soon to be full-time general manager, because that's probably what's going to happen. So Rocky Thompson was like taking the role as like the head coach, quote unquote, on the bench. And after the game, he said, quote, I don't think we competed at all in the very beginning. Sometimes it's not just competing up ice, but it's competing in your own end. And I thought we were sitting back. We just weren't working at all. I just thought some individuals were just going through the motions and fortunate for us. It changed, but it was too little too late. A good lesson to learn. I just said it's not about X's and O's. And quite frankly, it looks like some guys in here don't even care. They're just not trying. I said, I'm not going to call anybody out individually, but your teammates know and you know. And I'll give everybody another chance here. And if you do it, I'll keep playing you. If you're not, I'm not going to play you. So... D- Does that Robbie sound... Thompson's going to keep playing you? How many more games do you expect to be head coach, bro? Yeah, that's... The- well, and that's what he said. I don't, e- I don't have that authority typically as an assistant coach, and I'm a little bit more of the good guy. When the you don't coach. have the hiring and firing power. Yeah. <laughs> he says, at the end of the day, black is black and white is white. The message has got through. So, like, honestly, like, how he many... T-
0: a torts fan, then.
1: How many times have we kind of heard reports of, like, Flyers players just being, like, you know, not really... Not really giving it their all, being kind of meh, like just not the full effort. Like that seems. I to feel have like been. that's
0: been more of a a past season thing. I haven't heard it as much this season, but like right. certainly from the past few seasons before this, there's definitely been that vibe. Yeah, and
1: it's just it's you know, it, it, you're right. That hasn't been a thing this season as much, but like it's creeping back in, and that this just further drives the point home that like some like half. Maybe not half, but like a bunch of the players on this current team have got to go. I'm looking at you, Ivan Proverov, Kevin Hayes. Ivan
0: Proverov is one of them. And then like the way things are with Kevin Hayes right now, there there is no repairing that relationship. I think as long as Tortorella is the head coach of this team. And it certainly seems like that is the intention for the next few years. Yeah, I, I don't really see any salvaging that relationship. So I would say Proverov and Kevin Hayes are two names you absolutely have to move on from.
1: Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's like Hayes and Torts are both saying the right things. Like they're both admitting or, or at least publicly saying like, yeah, we don't have beef or anything. We just don't mesh. I wonder if that's actually true. But like they're that's what they're saying. And like judging the way Torts treats most of his players like off the ice, like he does truly care about his players. That's been well documented. Um, so maybe that's truly how Kevin Hayes feels. He's just like, you know what? I like torts, but like, it's just not working here. I don't know, but he can't I mean, be he on the team the other day
0: year. about, yeah, he can't be on the team because he was talking the other day about how his role has decreased, how he's yeah. clearly like, uh, you know, kind of a, a second class citizen on this team for lack of a better term that comes to me right now. But like, he clearly is not amongst the top tier on this team. Yeah, because he knows he
1: knows he's about to be traded, and the team knows that he's not part of the future. Like both both sides have an understanding of what's going to happen this summer, and it involves Kevin Hayes going to the Columbus Blue Jackets to play with Johnny Gaudreau, <laughs> or or some other team. But I like thinking it's wow. Columbus.
0: Imagine having one of Johnny Gaudreau's good pals to lure him to town.
1: That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it?
0: And also, you know, you are his hometown team, and his wife wants to work at a famous children's hospital. All that mm-hmm. stuff, you know. That's nothing like Philadelphia, let me tell you. Yeah, no, not at all. But whatever. I'm over it. Chuck Fletcher's gone. Whatever. R A P D, Chuck. No, he doesn't even get that honor. He stinks. <laughs> Good riddance. So let's let's talk about torts watching the game from the box with Danny Briere, because I've never seen a head coach do that frankly, at least not for the Philadelphia hockey flyers and Tortorella now has done that in preseason. And I think he's done that three times late in this season.
1: Yeah. It's um not something you see often. I feel like I have seen cases of this previously, but it's rare. It's just, I guess this is, if if anything, like if anyone had any and I don't know who who would possibly be thinking this at that point at this point, but like if anyone's thinking like oh fire Torts too clean house, uh, they're not doing that. Um, John or er, uh, excuse me, Danny Briere is going to be the GM, and Torts and Briere are developing a rapport, and that's why I guess they're kind of doing this. They're trying to. Pick each other's brain. Oh, brand. this is just
0: smart politics on John Tortorella's part. You know, you schmooze with the new guy and the new boss man, you know? Yeah. See what's up. I I am honestly curious if Torts is trying to pull a Barry Trotz and position himself for more of a front office role after the next couple seasons. Like, I I wouldn't be shocked. I could see if, it. Like, not, you know, I, I think we all agree Danny Briere is going to be the GM, but... I mean, there's a president's role, there's other roles within the front office, like there are roles he could fulfill. And I'm not saying this is immediately, but, you know, it's it's an interesting strategy on towards this part because, A, he gets to watch the game with the GM that's coming up Mm -hmm. and evaluate everybody and talk shop with him about. Each guy as they're playing, which I think is really interesting. And also, it is a different perspective from up high as opposed to right on the ice. You really can. I I really like watching the game up high when I'm there. I don't like the seats. The seats at the Wells Fargo Center up high are trash. Okay, they can't fit larger human beings. Okay, and I I feel persecuted. (laughs) That's this big man. Thinks that is wrong and it needs to stop. But anyway, it is. I like the view from up top. You know, I really like like center ice, two hundred level first row. That's great shit right there. And I don't think it's two hundred level, but you know, the the higher up center ice, you can see everything. It's awesome, and you do get a different perspective. But it's also interesting that it's a good opportunity for his assistant coaches to get that valuable head coaching experience. So then they can go into prospective interviews in the future and say, Hey, you know, I have fiddled around with the head coaching, you know, I've gotten some opportunities, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, no. And it, that is a valuable thing. I, I think for me, the most important thing is just the fact that Torts and Briere are really under like watching these games together on the press box. I feel like they're really getting to know each other. Well, what each other wants what each other is looking for. Like Torts is saying Noah Cates, man, like that's, that's, those are the kinds of players I like in, in the lineup. And Owen Tippett, we need more players like him. Like that's what I want more of next season. And I'm sure Danny Briere is saying like, Oh yeah. Like you said, you don't want Hayes around. Yeah. I can see what you mean. Like looking at him from up here, it makes sense. Like, I'm sure they're having conversations like that of, of like what the goal is for next season. Um, and beyond because it's, it's sure the the way the flyers market John Tortorella, it feels like this is going to be, he's going to be the flyers head coach for several
0: more years. I think, I mean, we've said this before too. Guys have been fired, but you're, you are right about the marketing where he's the face of the franchise, right? He's, he's more marketable than any of the players right now, frankly. Yeah. I mean,
1: he's the face of the franchise right now. And like, and at, I am you have not been to any Flyers games this season, have you?
0: I have not. Proudly, I have not been to one Flyers game this season.
1: Okay, so at the hype video or whatever it is that they play before like the game starts, at the very end, they show like John Tortorella. Like, a close-up on his face. And like the whole crowd's like, Whoa, yeah! And it's just like, clearly, he's the most marketable entity in the organization right now. And it just feels like he... You're right. Like the way that he's up there with Briere and everything, I wouldn't be shocked if he does end up taking some sort of front office role once he's done coaching. I don't know if that'll be with the Flyers, and I don't even know if he'll want to do that. Maybe he'll just want to stick to like hanging out with his his pets all day. I think there is. I think it's positive that he's kind of chilling with Briere in the press box right now and letting Rocky Thompson and um, everybody just kind of Bradshaw. You know, Bradshaw, Shaw, like letting everybody. I,
0: I had to mention Bradshaw specifically just because, again, I really enjoyed talking to him the other week at yeah, the Yeah, he was great. He, he was awesome. And he's somebody who actually gave me a shred of hope for this coaching staff and this organization yeah. because of everything he talked about from a strategic standpoint.
1: Yeah, no, like he made it clear like that this coaching staff isn't exactly just these old time hockey men. You know what I mean? Like they're more progressive than people think they are. Are they, you know, are they Rod the Bod? No, but they're clearly capable of coaching a good hockey team and constructing a good hockey team, or at least putting their input in to construct a good hockey team. So I don't know. I I think it's good. They're
0: capable of maybe coaching. We're going to see if they're capable of constructing it because the GM has – no experience, but, you know, we can hope. Yeah, but I, I think it's happy
1: or happy. I think it's good that Torts is doing this with Briere. I just think they're they're communicating, which we never saw him really do that with Chuck. So it seems like that's a positive, you know, move. Can right you
0: really direction. communicate with a mannequin?
1: I don't know. I guess you could.
0: <laughs> in Philadelphia, you can. You know, it's, it is where mannequin was filmed. <laughs>
1: You won't get any responses but you can talk to him.
0: you know there is a movie called mannequin where a mannequin comes alive right and it was filmed in Philadelphia uh, uh so I didn't know that
1: but why you didn't did, know. why did <laughs> I not know you that you
0: don't know about mannequin the the 80s uh I don't know I don't know if you can call it a classic but uh the, yeah there is a film from the 80s called mannequin where a mannequin comes alive and a, a man has a romance with it <laughs>
1: Any movie from before like 1994, I
0: like don't know. You uh, un- oh my God. Unless we, we it's gotta like we got to have a whole film series. We got to have like The Flight Film School this summer.
1: Unless it's like one of those like you absolutely have to know this movie kind. Of, like E.T., Home Alone, like Home all Ballons the all the like s- all the, Wait, what was that? Home Alone's from 1992. Oh, is it? No oh, shit. I thought it was <laughs> the 80s. But like E.T. And then, uh, I don't know. Like we're a hundred
0: percent this summer. We, we had to find something to do for the summer. And I know our assignment. We're doing flight film school and I am assigning you films and you're going to watch them. And then we're going to discuss.
1: <sighs> They're going to be do, good movies. I just don't care about movies very much. Oh my God. All right. You're fired. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not a movie guy. Like at <sighs> all. I'll watch a couple. I'll watch again. game. <laughs>
0: this is like the saddest thing i've ever heard i'll watch uh, a couple uh, movies you're tearing me apart here
1: you're tearing me apart lisa did you fucking know that uh yeah how can you always. not the room
0: oh apparently you cannot know a lot of stuff well everyone knows the room i guess oh hi i thought everybody, j- knew, oh, I thought hi, everybody knew the weasel new Polly. sure and you don't uh, i i don't assume everybody knows anything anymore
1: yeah i mean <sighs> yeah
0: oh so sad i i as a man who just literally watched every steven spielberg movie over the past like three months this just is uh terrible terrible news to me but uh whatever Uh, let's let's talk we're here to talk about hockey i suppose i can't fire you yet so let's uh (laughs) let's get back to the hockey talk but uh so i wanted to there were two more fun stories i saw pop up in the past couple weeks And the first one I wanted to discuss was about, like, these NHL fines where teams are, like, fining players just internally. This is just a locker room thing where they're fining guys for not following certain protocols, like, based on, like, how you're dressing, stuff, like, behavior in the locker room, stuff like that. And one of the ones I caught for the Flyers. So James Van Riemsdyk apparently is the the player in charge of collecting the fine money on the team. And this is uh, on The Athletic, by the way, this article. And I'll just read this passage here regarding what the Flyers have here. Speaking of grooming habits, Van Riemsdyk said if one of his Flyers teammates gets caught with a flashy new haircut, that's a fine. He admits it's a struggle for players like him who keep it tight up top. He said almost quietly out of fear of getting found out by nearby teammates that he got a haircut a few days prior. It almost works the other way. You get a haircut every two or three weeks, it doesn't look like you've gotten a cut. Then you can steer clear of a fine, Van Reemstike said. This is why the NHL sucks.
1: Let your players be interesting. Let them get fucking mohawks. But this for... is this is
0: what the players do to each other. Why? This is just... I, I, I think it's just fucking around with each other. And then they use the money at the end of the season to buy a big dinner or charity or something.
1: That's dumb. They should have a contest to see who could have the dumbest hair. And the winner gets the money. I agree
0: with that. I agree with that. You should check out the whole article, though, because there is like some weird little caveats in there. I would be fucked with the Flyers because, well, number one, maybe I wouldn't be as cheap about haircuts if I made millions of dollars a year. But as it is currently, I am extremely cheap about haircuts. Okay. I like to get a haircut as infrequently as possible. I probably go every like two months, maybe three. If I can stretch it, my hair gets real floppy. It gets real curly. These long Puerto Rican locks come in and my (laughs) hair gets fucking thick, man. When it gets long, it doesn't grow down. It grows out. Did the article
1: mention anything about players getting fined for having chicken wings and pizza? (laughs)
0: <laughs> see people give Ron Hextall a lot of shit on that but I'll tell you what the it, I I get what he was going for and people give Nathan McKinnon shit for this too but like I do understand not wanting to give your your athletes junky food while they're on company time yeah I get it
1: yeah I, 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 I don't know I I just remember like whenever I was in the Vegas locker room the I was always in the away team locker room they like always had like Pizza and shitty pizza, by the way, like Little Caesars, you know, like pizza, pizza. They'd have like 10 Little Caesars boxes and the sharks. They were fucking Eric Carlson was always just pounding pepperoni pizza from uh, Little Caesars. I I mean,
0: granted, they are athletes and they are burning shit tons of calories yeah. so i'm sure it's fine but i i get what Hexy was going for he yeah. probably made everybody miserable by doing that but i get what he was going for by trying to get, get guys healthier so they are better athletic machines
1: how much are they getting fined for these dumb rules
0: well again these are just rules that these are like self-imposed fines right so these are just things that like So let me pull up the article right now on theathletic.com. You might've heard of Charlie O'Connor from there. This was written by Joshua Clokey cloak. I'm not sure what the pronunciation is there, but uh, I enjoyed this article. I thought it was, uh, it was interesting, even though again, well, this is thing like hockey kind of self polices to make themselves uninteresting, you
1: know? Yeah, they do.
0: Okay. So here's one about Mark Andre Fleury. There was a guy on Pittsburgh who would always pick his nose in the locker room, Flurry said. The embarrassment of being caught wasn't punishment enough, so every time guys would shout at him, Hey, ten bucks!
1: Oh, okay, so it's like stupid, yeah, okay.
0: It, it, it's mostly stupid shit, like, let me see. Uh, okay, uh, it looks like sometimes it's 500 bucks. At training camp, you get a swag bag with a bunch of stuff in it, uh, Maple Leafs defenseman Morgan Riley said. A former teammate was using it as his travel bag. We said if he showed up for the next flight with that bag, it's a $500 fine. Okay. I mean, I guess like it's, that, that's that, not, that even, I agree. It's this is weird. Shit. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. And apparently every team's got different rules. So you kind of have to get this up front. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Flyers for James Ann Reamsteig said one of his teammates might get fined this season because all of his clothes and all his luggage are either team issued or NHLPA issued. You're in the NHL, Morgan Riley said. You're not supposed to be wearing the same shirt six days in a row. I always think that's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, you gotta. I mean, you gotta mix it up. You gotta wear like a Rugrats T-shirt one day or something. There you go.
0: Yeah, really, fuck around. Reptar. With that. Re- yes, Reptar. Uh, it's, and apparently, it's like the veterans who enforce these. So it's a lot of also like, of course, teaching the the rooks basically about like, uh, you know. How things go in the big leagues.
1: Oh my God. I remember during the 2019-20 season, right, like, it was the pandemic, like, right when the pandemic hit. And uh, I think it was the bubble. Some teams had, like, cool little, like, team jumpsuits that they wore when they went into the bubble and they played their games. And it was, like, kind of fun. Like, some teams had fun with it. The fucking Minnesota Wild, dude. I was covering the Wild at the time. The fucking Wild had a dress code That was like, I I think like the veterans decided this. They're like, yeah, you have to wear khakis and like a button up polo shirt or something like that. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is why that team back then, that season, they were like the most boring fucking team ever. Now they're great. Now I like the wild. They're a lot more fun now. But like that season... God, they were miserable. No person is this
0: casual shit right there.
1: Yeah, it was. I was and the players apparently chose that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What a joke. I was just say, yeah,
0: let's see. So also every team, the athletic surveyed agreed that when players fall on the ice during warmups, they're on the hook for $500. That's
1: OK. So that's funny. Like that. I get.
0: Yeah, but uh, apparently it's just different with every team. Every team's got something different. Uh, let me see. Uh, somebody who's late for a meeting, they'd be on the hook for the next team dinner. I mean,
1: that's pretty valid, I think.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I guess Don't so. do be late to a meeting. Flurry got a $250 fine for breaking a stick. But yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of shit in there. So anyway, yeah. I thought it was a really interesting article. I would go check it out. The haircut thing is pretty stupid. Yeah, and really I dumb. would be in, in deep trouble. Like, how often would you say you get haircuts? Once every couple weeks. Yeah. You seem like you keep it tight on top. I don't keep it tight. I I get it. It's real floppy after a while. And it looks, I usually, it starts to look pretty bad before I ever let my girlfriend's just staring at me, just staring daggers into me going, can you please just fucking get a haircut already? You (laughs) idiot.
1: I don't really like keep it tight on top. I just keep it clean. So like right now I'm growing my hair out and like I had it like pretty short for a while. But now I'm gonna like let it grow out a little more. But I still go get my haircut to have like to make it look well put together and clean and like you know tidy. I just, I don't want it to look like total dog shit.
0: The question is, how much are you paying per haircut?
1: I think like twenty bucks.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nothing bad. I'm around like thirty. I'm around thirty. Oh, I mean, so
1: like... I think with tip it's around thirty. I always tip really well because my barber. Oh, I don't want to piss off rules. my barber.
0: And I, I'm at the point where I go with the same guy. I have a guy now. I, I, I didn't too. have a guy yeah. for a long time. I have the same guy now because he's got curly hair and I have curly hair. So I, I, we're kindred spirits.
1: Yeah, Bobby Yates. That's a real one. He's my barber. He
0: rules. There you go. My my guy Henry is uh, on top of it, but uh, yeah. So I I I'm just very cheap. I'm a cheap person. Okay. I, uh, George Costanza is a very relatable character for that reason. Yeah, George, George. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just I got some real George energy. I can understand the cheapness, and uh, you know, if George had long locks like mine, then you know, big curly hair, then he'd probably be cheap back too. But uh. You know, I, I, I probably should go more often, but if I was on the Flyers, I would go a lot more often because I would have the money for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, something good about getting a nice, clean, fresh cut.
0: It does feel good. It is refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, another article that I read that had some fun Flyers content. The only fun content this year are these articles from this past couple weeks. Uh, so... Gianna Han over at the Enquirer had written an article about the Flyers coffee orders. And I know this is a world you can't relate to at all because you apparently just get energy through natural means. But <laughs> I love a good cup of coffee and I really enjoyed this article. And I know uh, Gianna's always getting like lattes in different cities and everything. So it's, uh, I, you know, she knows coffee and getting all over it with the Flyers. There were a couple lines here. That I specifically wanted to call out. So first off, they were talking about Scott Lawton's coffee order, and he said, just a black hot coffee. And JVR answered in, and I really love JVR for this answer, because this is like the kind of answer I would give. <laughs> and he said, like his soul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true, because we know Lawton is a known murderer.
0: Known serial killer, Scott yeah. Lawton. Do not fuck with him. Absolutely. Absolutely however what i cannot relate to jvr on here is apparently he drinks a mushroom coffee and i'm using coffee and scare quotes there because as kevin hayes points out that's not actually coffee because it's not made of coffee beans so whatever this mushroom energy drink jvr is drinking i i'd be willing to try it if somebody gave it to me for free but it sounds bad
1: i'm not even trying it i'm just tossing it into the
0: trash Yes. No, thank you, James Van Riemsdyk. That's, that's some psycho shit right there.
1: James, if you're listening, which you are, known flight know head.
0: Oh, yeah. He's he's the new flipper, actually, after yeah. the season. He won't be on the Flyers anymore, so he won't have a, a conflict of interest.
1: Yeah, he needs to mix up his coffee game because that's just horrific.
0: <laughs> it's really bad. It's, I can't. It's got to taste like dirt. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Yeah. Actual dirt. It's a, this is my dirt drink. Just the earth. (laughs) Salt real salt of the earth guy, that JVR. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other takeaway I had, I thought it was very funny that Nick Delurier had like the fanciest, sweetest coffee order. Just like the, the, like pumpkin spice, like frozen Frappuccino (laughs) latte. Like the, the, the toughest, nastiest guy on the team with the like sweetest, most lighthearted coffee order.
1: I can see that because like, I know he's like really like, he's a really, he's really big on being like a dad and everything. And
0: he's like great with kids and everything. And he's, he's a nice dude. He's a good guy. Like he's tough and nasty on the ice. And like a lot of those, that's actually the case with most of the goons where they end up being like the most personable guys. Super
1: cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Most of those tough guys, the toughest guys in the NHL are the nicest guys in the NHL typically. Yeah. And
1: the funny thing is, is like Delorier seems very self-aware too. So like, I respect him for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I've gained more respect for Nick Delorier after this godforsaken season than I expected to at the beginning. Like, I, I still too. I still don't think he's a guy who should have the contract he has. I no. still think that was just an atrocity from Chuck Fletcher and the Wisemen. But terrible band, by the way, Chuck Fletcher and the Wisemen. Absolutely yeah, horrible. Yeah, they just, they tried to rip off the Beatles' sound and failed miserably, but <laughs> I will say, like, Delorier is a guy who, he he does what he does well, he's a good fighter, he can nail guys, like, Ristolainen, there's always this, like, false perspective that Ristolainen's out there just destroying guys left and right, he's not, and it sucks, because I wish he was, but... Deloria is actually out there doing that. He's fighting guys like you want him to. He is a good locker room glue guy. Like, you know, I don't like the money they're paying him. I don't like the term of his contract, but he's doing what he was hired for.
1: Yeah. Like I would have no problem with Nick Delorie if they gave him a contract appropriate for what he deserves. They gave him a contract far like just overvaluing what he actually does, which isn't much, but like if he was on like a 2-year 900k deal, which is probably what he's actually worth. I would love him. I think he's great. And like the funny thing about him is like whenever he scores, like every once in a while he'll score a goal. And like he scored that breakaway goal a couple the shorting. It was a shorthanded breakaway goal a couple of weeks ago, I think. And um he like it's just funny. Whenever he scores, it's hilarious. And, like, he even says it. He's like, oh, yeah, the team think it's, thinks it's so funny whenever I score. And, like, it is because no one thinks he's going to. So, I don't know. Like, I've I've come to appreciate Nick Deloria. I still think his contract is trash. I still don't think he's all that good. But, you know what? While we're here, why not? Why not? Why not?
0: Why, you know what? Eat Arby's. Go nuts. Go nuts. Yeah. <sighs> well... Let's break. Let's go to our final topic of the night, and that's a. Uh, I wanted to talk the Flyers team awards, but I've been censored by Ryan <laughs> Quigley here. Censorship.
1: So in the okay. Order just so be- betrayed. I'm writing a story predicting the Flyers team awards, so I don't want to like spoil it here. So that's my reasoning. So instead. We're going to talk about the flyperbole awards, which yeah, are honestly, we, th- those are more important than the team awards.
0: Too. I guess I had a lot of input on the team awards and I, I had a lot of things to say and I'll never get to say it except for next week on next week's show because there's not that much else to discuss. <laughs> except
1: for but, next week.
0: Because they'll But they'll have given them out at that point. I, so you are here to verify if I'm right about these guys that I have here. Okay. So you can verify. I'm not going to touch the document going into next week. I want to know if I'm right. Cause I want to be right about this stuff. I want to feel like I'm tuned in, but we'll yeah. talk about that next week for the real ones. Well, we'll let you have your article, Ryan.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Thank we'll you let you have
0: your little article. <laughs> but Yeah. We do. We do usually have some flight awards, so let's throw them out there. So let's start with uh, one of my favorites. The Mike Richards, I made it this year, the Mike Richards slash Claude Giroux award for bad leadership, okay? And that's because Mike Richards and Claude Giroux, as we all know, terrible leaders. just Awful. Awful, awful leaders. Never should have had the C. Strip them of the C. They would have played better hockey without it. God, fucking hate people. And you know who wins <laughs> that award this year? No one! Because there was no captain, no leadership, none at all.
1: Yeah, who would that go to for poor leadership? The closest you would, I get guess, Lawton. Scott Lawton. Yeah, and you I can't guess actually Lawton.
0: accuse him of poor leadership because he's he's great. He was a really
1: good leader, so
0: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe you could
1: give it to JVR. Maybe you could give it to. Oh, I, 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 I know who to give it to. Who give it to? Sean Couturier. Uh,
0: he, that bum! Get back on the ice. He didn't even play through his broken back. Wipe, wipe some dirt on that spine. Get out there. What kind of heart
1: does he think he has? None. No he doesn't have man. heart. No heart, Steve.
0: He has no heart. Unlike the man who won the Romaldo Award for being the only guy on this team with heart. And that's one Nick Delure who we're just t- praising and talking about. We, we love Nick Delure. He's the only guy with heart on this team. And that's because he fights. And also Zach McEwen was here, but they traded him. So he doesn't have heart because he's not here anymore.
1: Also, it was really cool when Nick DeLoria tried to fight, like, two guys back-to-back against the Senators. That was a lot of fun. I do
0: appreciate that, yeah. And that that, that actually is very much a a Flyer uh, attitude right there, because one of the greatest brawls in NHL history is Flyer Senators.
1: Yeah, that was just, yeah, that was crazy.
0: One of the all-timers. I could talk about that all day. Ten-part documentary on the Flyer Senators brawl. That should be the next ESPN 30 for 30
1: honestly yeah like we talk about the blood feud all the time between the red wings and the avalanche which don't get me wrong that's classic, and that was a great
0: they did a great job with that documentary that was yeah, a great it was, watch
1: it was amazing but like my god i want a whole thing about the flyers and senators brawl from what year was that like 2000? i want to say
0: 2003 2004? 2004 2004 right, sounds right yeah but- Makes I think sense. if I got this wrong, I am a hundred percent getting my flyers card taken from me. It might have been two thousand six because they were wearing those. Ugly I don't think it was. I don't uniforms. think it was that late.
1: Because I they remember were wearing the
0: hideous, hideous orange uniforms.
1: Yeah, but I think I was in third grade. Shut up. So third grade.
0: The fuck out of here. I
1: think that was like two thousand two or two thousand. The fuck
0: out of here. Fuck out
1: of here.
0: Let me see. flyers senators brawl. Let's look it up. There is a way to look this up. I found out sarah 2004 i was right oh wow okay you?
1: i didn't think it was that oh, late. wow
0: wow yeah, no 2004 is right and well because again they are wearing the chrome orange flyers yeah those jerse- shitty uniforms the yeah. shittiest flyers jersey of all time it, it is an atrocity it's can we the worst just
1: take a moment of silence to bring it back to burnt orange last I, week last week we were talking about the new uniforms and now it's offic-
0: it sounds it's not
1: official not official, but it's been reported I'm not, by... I'm not
0: praising this coming back until it's official, and I see them, and I like them. It sounds like they're coming
1: back, and from... Uh, who was it? I can't remember. I would You look. better buy them
0: before Fanatics starts making them, because, you know... Yeah, yeah, you better do it now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they're using the same factory, yeah? Are they going to use the same cut-rate bullshit they use on everything else? Never mind. I, I don't want to talk about Fanatics anymore. You
1: are something. spicy tonight, Steve.
0: Listen, I drank a green tea before yeah. starting and uh as you know it really fires me up it does yeah i my, i had like oh my. six beers last night but one green tea today
1: well that counteracts it so that's good
0: there you go it's the antioxidants yeah let's move on to our next award. This is a, a fly classic right here. One of my favorite awards every year. And that's the Andrew McDonald award for being a great guy, but a terrible defenseman. And we have a first time winner this year, folks, that's going to be Rasmus Ristolainen. Risto as hey. Delco Joel might call him. Yeah. Rasmus. Yeah. I think that's pretty deserving. You could
1: also argue Justin Braun, but Justin Braun's a forward.
0: And I wouldn't call Justin Braun like terrible. I, I I actually don't know. What yeah, he... um, I don't know. I don't think he's been very good this year. I don't think he's been very good. Well, he probably should probably retire. He's very old. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, guess what? Risto's going to win it. Risto, did you Risto. know that, that Joel Farabee apparently has a Dilco voice he does, and he calls himself Dilco Joel?
1: I've heard about this, and I love that.
0: I didn't even know this until I saw a Flyers Instagram thing the other day when... They were asking about the Philly season, and he said something like, "I want to see a shore bomb <laughs> <Shore Yeah>. bomb. <laughs> but like, I didn't know he walked around doing like because they said like Delco Joel, and I've seen the terrible, god awful Philly Joel pun before, but I never oh, seen Delco yeah. Joel. The sign guy needs to stop. I don't the, like him at uh, all. Like, uh, and you know uh, what? Justin I Braun say, needs to retire, and the sign guy needs to retire.
1: I think the sign guy's gone into hiding because he hasn't really been around, which like valid there's not really much i I haven't been around either but like as i better not see his ass with the flyers come back like he better not show his ass or else i am i am chucking fist at the bitch this sunday sunday
0: sunday ryan quickly 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 versus the sign guy
1: i'm joking i'm not actually gonna hit the man he's an old man
0: you would probably that would be it well i'd beat his ass steve i'd beat the shit out of him yeah, I'd, yes. be, I'd be
1: thrown in jail. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a bad idea, my friend. Not going to do But yeah. please, God, stop what, what if, what stop if it turned out
0: games? like sign guy can throw hands? Like, it, it's like a real, it's a real happy Gilmore, Bob Barker situation.
1: Watch him be like Mike Ehrmantraut.
0: Exactly. He can like, just fucking
1: beat the shit out of you.
0: Those hands, they're very good at two things, making signs and kicking ass.
1: And massages.
0: Whoa. Giving a good foot massage. What? Oh, yeah. Are are you calling the sign guy a defeat? Like, are you saying he's in defeat?
1: Who knows, Steve? Maybe he is. Quentin
0: Tarantino, the sign guy? He could be. Banana, 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 banana. Oh my God. What's that
1: saxophone song? You know that song that I'm singing? I think I do. Yeah, I don't know who.
0: Is it Kenny G? I don't know. Kenny G does all the saxophone songs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, this is a weird turn.
0: Next, you next took a report. very weird turn here. Yeah, that was weird. You, you, you turn way the hell in the wrong direction. It's yeah. time for another award. And this one's a new award this year. And I'd like to dedicate this one to the Craigster here because it is named after one of his favorite players. And this would be the Kent Huskins Award for a guy that you see on the roster and say, oh, you're still here? And that would go to the aforementioned Justin Braun. Justin Braun, who I... This would have gone to Patrick Brown if he was still here, but he's not still here. He's in Ottawa, apparently. But Justin Braun, I consistently forget he's on the roster.
1: Shouldn't this award go to Ryan Ellis?
0: (laughs) Or or Sean
1: Couturier? Or Cam Hatkinson?
0: But they're all hurt. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. They're all hurt. So they actually have excuses. Yeah. Justin Braun's just old and bad.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, yeah. Another new award this year, and this is this is a very recent award because this is a reference to a succession episode from like two weeks ago, and uh, that would be the Disgusting Brothers Award to the the two most disgusting bros on the team, and that would be Tony D'Angelo and Brendan Lemieux.
1: Watch your tone,
0: boys. <laughs> <laughs> the Disgusting Brothers.
1: The Disgusting Brothers band together to have watch your tone the new podcast
0: did yeah. you see I because I'm just imagining one of these guys doing it and it would be even funnier if it was one of them did you see the clip of the guy at the like Trump arraignment on the bike that just wiped oh, out oh yeah I did yeah. I watched it like 30 times and it was so fucking funny yeah that was pretty good watch your tone <laughs> watch your tone watch your tone. All right. Yo, one last award here folks One last award and that would be Another another classic here for the, the Steve Mason award for not being Blamed if he fled the country to avoid playing Behind the Flyers defense and that Would be you know what this year I was going to give it to the same old same old But I decided this year to change it up And I think Felix Sandstrom deserved that Because Felix Sandstrom I feel <laughs> like He has played to the best of his ability This year and has gotten just Abysmal defense in front of him
1: yeah, I, he totally deserves this because every single time he plays, it's typically the second game of a back-to-back. So he's totally fucked over from the very beginning. And when the game starts, the team's just like, bleh. and then he's just left out to dry. And like they've ad- the Flyers have admitted that like the players, John Tortorella, like they have admitted that he's been left out to dry a lot this season. And I feel bad for Sandstrom because he's better than what the numbers show. And boy, are the numbers bad. They are no, so been, bad. It has not been kind to the Sandstorm. Poor, poor Felix. He deserves so much better than he what he's been thrown into this year.
0: Poor bastard, let me tell you. Quiggs, any other awards you want to give out? I think I've given out everything that I cared to give out this year.
1: Uh, let's see. Yeah, I can't really think of anything.
0: Good. All right. Good. There we go. We got, we got everything in there. So we are, we are good to go. So I, I have this gold songs thing I wanted to talk about. Let's put it on next week. I'm, and I'm not ready to talk about this. That's like a whole thing. I got to listen to some more of these songs before I can get into it.
1: Yeah, no, that's okay.
0: Yeah. yeah I got, I got to do my research. I haven't done my, my research yet. And God knows I like to be prepared before a podcast.
1: I ranked the goals. I think I wrote a story a couple of years ago, ranking all the goal songs in the NHL. So you can check that out. Let me know what you think. Oh, wow. How yeah.
0: about that? What site can
1: wow. you find that on? You can find that at but the Broadstreethockey.com, but the problem is, is I don't know if it's in existence. <laughs> so, they just,
0: so let's give a quick website <laughs> update, okay? So Broad Street Hockey BSH 2.0 is active currently. Uh, we're currently under the ghost URL. I believe within the next week we will be back to broadstreethockey.com. And you might have noticed most of the articles behind a paywall now. And that's because our writers who are all wonderful human beings need to eat and (laughs) would be nice to eat. Yeah. People like Ryan Quigley here need your support and they need a a little bit of a little bit of cash per month. If you could, if you could spare it, you know, we'd really appreciate it. And there's some good high quality, tangy tent coming out from the wonderful people at BSH 2.0. All right. All right. All right. But a lot of the old articles have been migrating over. I think a majority of them are back over. And if they're not over already, they will be over soon.
1: Yes, they will. And uh, just so you're all aware, we are actually, the site is open to everyone for the full month of April. So we want you guys to see what we're doing, what we're putting together. A um, lot of really exciting content we're producing, and it's it's just we're really all upping our game now. Now that, that we're kind of going independent, And it's just it feels a lot better knowing that we can kind of do this our way as opposed to the Vox way. So um, yeah, um, check it out. Uh, the new site's looking great, and um, yeah, you will not be dis- disappointed. We're going really hard at it.
0: Let's give a little shout out to Marcello too for for all the, the help he's had with getting this uh, all put together. Marcello, Flyers faithful OG over there and just uh crushing it over here.
1: Yeah, and a shout out to Kelly for, you know, saving us. <laughs> making this making this site happen.
0: Kelly's been fantastic. You know, we all know Hinks is great. Like everybody listening to this. We all know how great Kelly is and we'll have to get Kelly on for a summer episode at some point, just to have a sarcasm off between me and her, but (laughs) Kelly's awesome. And she has like been moving heaven and earth to make this website happen and she's crushing it. So be nice to Kelly. Give Kelly many compliments because she deserves them all.
1: Yes. Do all the nice things for her. She's really been going going just 10 million miles an
0: hour at this whole thing. So she's she deserves a lot of all the credit, literally all of it. So I really enjoy the tier names for the new site, too, where you have the the Jay Rosehill membership, which is the free one that gets you access to the morning (laughs) flyby and game thread. The meat read meat, the Eric Lindros, Big E, my favorite, and the Andrew McDonald, which is the most expensive tier, because, of course, Andrew McDonald, the most expensive defenseman <laughs> of all
1: time. There's never, of all time. never no no, made more money. More.
0: Not Eric Carlson. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> but no, it's, it's great. I think the new site looks really good, and people are putting out some good stuff. Uh, at some point, if I am bored this summer, I will definitely write a couple things. And we got some big st- stuff happening for BSH, and uh, regardless... Ain't shit happening with the podcast. We're just going to keep on keeping on with the podcast and your streams will not be interrupted. We're going to keep on trucking, Steve. Wow. (laughs) wow. (laughs) And one last BSH thing that I wanted to plug before we wrap things up for the night. Tailgate coming up this weekend. April 9th? Yes, Sunday, April 9th. Yes, Easter Sunday. BSH will arise again to continue with the sacrilege. and. And that's going to be exciting. There is a Phillies game that day. There's a Flyers game. I believe there is a deal for the Flyers game if you are so inclined for that. So check that out. Uh, and I may I might go to the Phillies game. I'm not sure yet. But I will definitely be at the tailgate. I have no excuse because I live down there. I just got a bunch of fresh fly Purply stickers printed up. So I will have fly Purply stickers for anybody who comes up. And if you come up to me and you say the phrase, how do magnets work? Then I will give you a fly purpley magnet. I have maybe 10 of these to give away and I maybe nine cause I put one on my fridge, but the, I I'm happy with how these came out. They're pretty cool. So I have a few fly purpley magnets. If you come up to me, I will likely be wearing the fly purpley shirt that Emily had a, made up for me, the fly purpley baseball shirt. So I'll be pretty recognizable. And you just come up to me and say, how do magnets work? And you will get a fly magnet.
1: Write that down. Don't forget it.
0: Yeah, because I, 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 no substitutions will be accepted if you come up to me and say, could I get a magnet? I certainly will turn you down. Yeah, you're not going to get yeah, shit. that. That that would never happen because I am too nice for my own good. Now, and I want to give them away. I just don't want to give them away to people who don't love fly purpley. Don't Yeah, no, I agree. To people who look at Our Friend the Rat and recoil in horror. Well,
1: listen, we're not going to have a hard time giving those away. We have millions of listeners, Steve. This is an Emmy-winning podcast.
0: It is an Emmy-winning podcast. That's true. Can't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. We bring the donkey sauce whenever we can. I am out of donkey sauce right now, though. I I need to hitch a ride to Flavortown because there's just no donkey sauce left in me. So let's wrap this sucker up. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you have any feedback for us, unfortunately, still the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk. Quigs, where can people find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter
1: at Ryan Quigs with a Z. Thanks.
0: Oh, wow. You can find me at FlyPerbole or at Estebom, But if it's for hockey purposes, make it FlyPerbole. Follow FlyPerbole on Instagram. Follow fly on on tiktok while it still exists in the united states of america follow bsh radio follow broad street hockey on a variety of social medias we are out there come to the tailgate if you can it is going to be a good time and that's all i got folks you're all beautiful beautiful people and until next time in the words of the great gene heart good night and good hockey wow 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 wow